It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you today? On this early Sunday morning here on the Jersey Shore, October 30th, the end of October. If you listen on the podcast, welcome whatever day or time you're listening to the program. Thanks so much for joining us for today's edition of The Financial Physician, where we talk money, markets, and politics. My name is Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner and your money doctor. Each and every Sunday, live 7 to 9 a.m., Right here on 92.7 WOBM. Or you can listen to us live by going to the, thefinancialphysician.com and just listening to the stream, the live stream of the program if you're not in the area. But thanks for joining us. 237-9626 is the call number. 732-237-9626. Paul, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Lou. Well, doing good. Well, welcome to Sunday, the end of October. Uh, I guess it's All Hallows Eve Eve. Yes. Tomorrow's Halloween, right? Yes, that are is. You, are you a Halloween guy? No, not, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Halloween. Uh, I despise it. And I have since I was a kid. That's a weird part about it. I'm, I'm a weird, I was a weird child to begin with. But I never liked Halloween. I never liked putting costumes on. I never liked trick-or-treating. If I did go, I gave all my candy to my brothers and sisters because I don't eat candy. Um, I just thought the whole thing, and as you get older, you realize, what is this? It's demonic. People dress up like devils and witches and scare people, and you drive by people's houses, and there's uh, the Grim Reaper and everything else. Uh, so it's evil, Halloween. <laughs> people listening say, what the heck? Uh, but you know what? We love Halloween. Americans love Halloween. And I saw this headline. It said, Halloween spending expected to increase by $500 million as candy prices soar at the rest." <laughs> Highest rate on record. Um, so Americans are going to spend a record amount on costumes, decorations, and other Halloween items this year, according to the National Retail Federation. Uh, so inflation is not scaring off Americans when it comes to Halloween. Uh, some people are just so into Halloween. It's, it's just amazing. You go by their houses and they're like, get a life, for God's sakes. Oh, why is this so important to you? Uh I know I sound like an old fuddy dud, but you know it is what it is. Uh, I have a, a horrifying remembrance of a Halloween party I went to, and my wife's going to laugh at this. Uh, but before we were married, I'm talking what you know, almost forty years ago, uh, we went to a Halloween party, one of the rare Halloween parties I ever went to, and my wife had us dress up as. Raggedy Ann and Andy. I was Andy, of course. And my mother-in-law put these costumes together. I was mortified. I looked like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> we went to this party, and I couldn't wait to go home and get out of that damn costume. And uh, what I remember about it, one thing I do remember about it, there was another couple at the party 
that was Raggedy Ann and Andy also. And the ironic thing about it is their names were Lou and Sue, which is my wife's name and mine. Uh, but that's a horrific uh, memory of Halloween for me. Uh, I hated answering the door when kids would knock on it, trick or treat, and all that kind of stuff. I'd go out and go out to dinner or something just to get out of there. <laughs> Thankfully, I I live in a gated senior community now, and I'm not going to be bothered by, by Halloweeners. Uh, anyway, but nowadays, I remember, remember, Paul, when you were a kid, you had to worry about somebody putting a razor blade in an apple. Oh, yeah. yeah that girl poison you. And and needles, yeah. who, does, who does stuff yeah. like that? Now That's you awful. have to worry about the, the, the multicolored fentanyl pills, you know, yeah. that kids may get. Parents, check yeah. your kids' candy thoroughly this holiday season if they're going out uh, trick-or-treating. All right, enough of that. I know I'm ruining everybody's Halloween weekend, but I hate Halloween. All right, this past week uh, they announced um, economic numbers. Now, I told you back in August, do not trust any economic numbers that come out between then and the election day. All right, and uh, this week uh, the GDP was announced, the gross domestic power product, which is the sum of all economic activities in the United States. Now, in the first quarter it was negative, in the second quarter it was negative, and the definition of a recession is two negative quarters in a row, and of course the administration begged to differ with that definition and said, well, no, 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 it's not really, and uh up until just recently, the Atlanta Federal Reserve um, said that there was going to be a negative third quarter in GDP. But it was announced this week that the GDP reportedly rose more than 2%, actually 2.6% in the third quarter. Now, you ask anybody about how they feel about the economy, and they're going to have a hard time understanding this estimate. And I did, too. I mean, really, what changed in the economy between the third quarter and the fourth quarter? Uh, did interest rates go down? No, they went up. Did inflation go down? No, it stayed stubbornly high. Uh, did the war in Ukraine end? No, it's still going strong, and threats of nuclear war continue to go back and forth. So it's not really what the economy is doing. It's what you say the economy is doing that counts out there. I mean, didn't Obama teach us that? Like straight out of the communist playbook, right? Just tell you something that's not even true and you have to believe it. Uh, they just don't add up uh, the GDP numbers. So uh, there's, there's a group that comes out with this, the Bureau of Economic Assessment, I think it's called. So the BE announced third quarter GDP uh, of 2.6%. And uh, I don't know. I, I find that hard to believe. Because, again, what changed to do that? Now, economists are coming out and saying, well, if you look at the numbers, it could be true. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying is that I wouldn't put anything past anybody, Republican or Democrat, to massage numbers when it comes to the economy. It's always been done. Because this is just an estimate of GDP. Of course, a week before the midterms. <laughs> uh, uh, they're going to revise that down. You watch. You know, at the end of November is the first revision. Watch them revise them down. And then there's another revision in December. Watch them revise them down. This is just a headline number to make everybody, I guess, think something that they don't feel. I don't know. 
Uh, but economists are saying that the real reason why we had an increase in GDP, it's related to U.S. exports of oil, gas, and weapons. So the Biden administration sells U.S. weapons to Ukraine and, and other places. They sell oil overseas from our strategic petroleum reserve. And uh, somehow when you have that, exports going up compared to imports, and imports are going down because Americans can't afford anything in the stores. So companies like Walmart and, and Target and Kohl's are all canceling orders with China. So there's no imports coming in or they drop drastically. Our exports are going up because we're exporting our strategic petroleum reserve and, and weapons around the world. Uh, and when you have the export-import equation where where – um, imports drop and exports go up, that's positive for the GDP figure. But you ask the average American, you know, how's the economy going? Well, he's suffering under the worst inflation in 40 years. Uh, not so great. Now, another big thing that's happening um, this week coming up uh, is the Fed's meeting again. And uh, it's pretty much determined, everybody believes, that the Fed's going to raise interest rates another three-quarters of 1%. That should be good for the fourth quarter GDP, won't you think? (laughs) And uh, the key here is not what they raise it to. It's what they say going forward. The Fed always prepares the markets for what they're going to do. What the market's not prepared for is what they're going to say about the next meeting and going forward. And, you know, they've been hell-bent on, on, on beating this inflation. And, and, and all these interest rate increases have done nothing so far to lower inflation. And the problem with raising interest rates, it kills the economy. It increases unemployment. And we'll talk about it in a second, how, how dire the average American family is right now because of inflation. And, and what's going to happen to them if they lose their jobs? in that inflationary spike. That's why I don't understand the Fed. I mean, yeah, they they may be ultimately successful at fighting inflation, but at what price? Millions of Americans losing their jobs, is, is, is so they're going to pay for it? Right? Didn't the Fed create the inflation in the first place with zero interest rates for so long and money printing and quantitative easing that made all the rich richer as asset prices went up? Well, the average American just continues to struggle to put food on the table. Uh, uh, so they created this inflation where the average family didn't really benefit by it because they're not in the stock market. Yeah, maybe their house went up a bit. But most of us didn't sell our house because it went up. We got to live somewhere. What are you going to do? Buy another house that's inflated? So the average family did not benefit by this decade of zero interest rates. As a matter of fact, many seniors and retired people got screwed because interest rates were so low they couldn't earn any return on their money without taking exorbitant risks. How was OCDs paying you in the last 12, 13 years? Zero. They're still paying hardly anything, even though interest rates are going up. And the last I I read is that that low interest rate environment cost senior citizens $11 trillion in income over that period. 
So the average family, the average senior did not benefit by zero interest rates. And in many cases, they were harmed by it. But now they're going to pay the price for rising interest rates and rising inflation. Well, the rich people are all positioned. Uh, you know, they've made their money. They've taken their, uh, they own their hard assets and gold. We'll talk about gold later on in the second hour. My experience with uh, buying some precious metals this week. Very interesting. Um, but it looks like the Federal Reserve is going to continue to hike interest rates. Uh, the conventional wisdom on Wall Street is that they're going to raise in, in uh, December another half a point and ultimately getting to 5%. Right now, we're at three and a quarter. Uh, after this week, it'll be closer to four. It'll be four, and they're looking to get to 5%. We'll see if they get that far. But again, it's causing all kinds of haywire in the markets. It's causing craziness uh, with the housing markets, which we'll talk about in a second. But the key here on this meeting is what is Powell going to say afterwards? Is he going to communicate that uh, they're going to start downshifting on the degree of interest rate increases? Are they going to pause at some point? Are they going to wait for the data to come out showing inflation is starting to go down? I don't know. That's what the markets want to see. If he comes out and he sounds friendly towards interest rates, that he, you know maybe we're going to slow down here, I think the market's going to react very favorably. Uh, we've had a really good move in the markets lately, anticipating that that's what the Fed's going to do. They're going to start slowing down, if not stop. If he comes out hawkish and he comes out and he says, we're going to do everything it takes, no matter what, to battle this inflation, I think the market's going to have a very negative reaction. And you have to understand that, that monetary policy has an economic lag what do I mean, uh, economic lag? I mean, you know, they raise interest rates. The economy doesn't ra- react to it immediately. It could be six months to te- to 12 months out before the increase in interest rates starts being felt in the economy where you start seeing it in, in inflation and unemployment and the GDP and all that. So we don't know what all these interest rate increases are going to do to the economy months out, and neither does the Federal Reserve. So we may not even see the full effect of of the current tightening until mid-2023 next year. And by then, it may be too late. Maybe they went too far. But my guess is that um, they're raising interest rates so they can lower them. (laughs) What is that? Why would they do that? Because when the economy tanks, they're going to finally be able to do something about it. When interest rates are zero, the economy tanks. What are you going to lower interest rates to? Minus 10%, you can't do it. But if they raise interest rates to 5 <clears throat> then they can start lowering it. And the markets react favorably, the economy will turn. But the question is, what kind of damage are they going to do first? So very interesting. It's not what they raise them. It's, they're going to raise them three-quarters of a point. That's pretty much it. It's in the mix. Everybody knows that. But the question is, uh, what are they going to do going forward? So October was a great month for, especially the Dow. The Dow had the best October in history. Yep, up over 14% for the month of October. Now, it's been a dreadful year for the stock market, but there's been a pretty significant comeback, especially in the Dow. 
Why the Dow? Because the Dow is industrial stocks. The Dow is energy stocks. We're seeing record profits from ExxonMobil, from Chevron, because of energy prices. So that's making the earnings of the Dow look better. And the Dow has been the best index all year long compared to the technology sector of the NASDAQ, which is still dreadful. So we have a bifurcation in the markets right now. The industrial energy companies and so forth are doing well, but you go down to the technology companies, they're getting killed. And earnings this week from the technology companies uh, like Yahoo, like Facebook, were just dreadful. And their stocks paid the price. So right now we have the tale of two markets. We have uh, gains for the Dow doing really well. Best month in October ever. And in the technology uh, sector, specifically the mega cap names, the Googles. Google came out with bad earnings. Meta, which is Facebook. Amazon, of all companies, too. Down in earnings. And, and, they, and their projection going forward is not good. And they said, you know, they basically said, you know, we're heading towards a recession. People are cutting back spending on technology and so forth. Now, the market was way oversold. So, you know, the talk of maybe the Fed slowing down interest rate increases or stopping was very positive. Uh, Numbers from some of the earnings from the industrials were good. Uh, And uh, that's why we've had such a big rally. Now, for the week... The Dow was up almost 6% for the week, 5.72. And the Dow is chipping away at its losses. I mean, it's it's only down a little under 10% for the year. And who knows? Maybe it'll erase that by the end of the year. The S&P 500 was up 3.95% for the week. Now, now, look at the difference in the returns, right? The Dow, which has these big energy companies in it, was up almost 6% for the week. And is only down 957 for the year. Let's look at the S&P 500, which is 500 companies, not 30. A more broader representation of the stock market and the economy. The S&P was up 3.95% for the week. Still a good week, great week, Uh, but still down 18.15% for the year. Double what the Dow is down. And worse than that is the NASDAQ. Now, the NASDAQ is the one where all those Googles and and Apples and uh, Meta and all those stocks are. The Google, uh, the Nasdaq was only up two point two four percent for the week, but still down twenty nine percent for the year. So look at two different markets. You know, if you're in the Dow, you're in those big blue chip industrial energy companies, down less than ten percent. If you're in the Nasdaq, where all the big technology companies are, you're down almost thirty percent. Pretty big difference, uh, and that's because technology is hurting right now. And and the technology companies are telling us exactly where the economy is headed in 2023. They're telling us. They're coming out and telling us how bad it is. And if you didn't like the economic conditions this year in 2022, then you're definitely not going to like what's coming in 2023. And, And this year, think about what we had to deal with in the economy this year. Rampant inflation like we haven't seen in 40 years. That hasn't been fun. Very sluggish economic activity. You know, we had two quarters of negative before this surprise uh, increase in the third quarter, which, again, I'm skeptical about. 
We're in the middle of a, a horrific housing crash that's only just started. But it appears that next next year is going to be even worse. So the big tech companies that really drove the market, I mean, it was those FANG stocks, right? Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft came out with horrible earnings also this week. Uh, they had really dismal numbers for the third quarter, and, and, and that's a really bad sign. And they're saying going forward they're, they're, they're pretty negative. I mean, look what's happening to Facebook. Their revenue declined. And by the way, we're starting to see the end of social media as we've known it, the end of the censorship. Uh, obviously, uh, the big news is Elon Musk took over Twitter this week and basically fired everybody and is in the process of doing that. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Facebook, uh, if you look at their stock, I mean, it's been dreadful. I mean, dreadful. So Facebook came out. Their stock got hammered. Um, uh, and... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is losing a fortune, his fortune. Couldn't happen to a better guy. And that company's been so mismanaged. You know, he's got this big vision of uh, Meta. He changed the name to Meta. This Metaverse. This virtual reality Metaverse. Where we all live with our goggles on and we we live in this three-dimensional fake world. By the way, I have an Oculus which is run by Facebook. Do you have one of these virtual reality things? Do you ever use it? Yes. Oh, yeah, all the time. It's cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I you can get lost in this. Oh, yes. yeah, I mean, you really can. And, like, if you go to uh, uh, some of the travel channels and stuff, you, you could just be walking around in China on the Great Wall, and you, you believe you're there. It's really kind of neat. And the games, I was playing the bowling the other day. It's like being in a bowling alley. It's so real. And, and, and the table tennis and all that stuff, it's really, really kind of cool. Uh, but I think he's miscalculating that people want to live in this universe. I mean, really. Yeah, I want to come home from work and, you know, put my goggles on and spend three hours, like, in some kind of virtual world. So he's been really trying to move towards that. He's been investing a lot of money, and revenue's declining, expenses are going up, uh, and, and the company's in trouble. And by the way, Facebook also spent the last couple of years alienating a lot of their users who don't even want to go there anymore because they're being censored. I mean, it got so bad. Uh, Jim Cramer, you know who Jim Cramer is, right, from CNBC. He has a show every night. Uh, he's so wrong on everything. He was telling everybody to buy Bear Stearns like three days before they went bankrupt. Uh, the, there, there, There's a group of people that, that, that talk about the inverse Cramer fund where you do the opposite. If he says to buy something, you, you sell it short and how much money they've been making. But he was very big in recommending Facebook to everybody. No, no, they're going to be fine. They're, they're great, you know, and uh, and I think he must have had a large position himself because he came on CNBC and he was ver- he was basically, he was crying about it and how wrong he was. Listen to this. Spend. And spend right through your free cash flow. Uh, that there had to be some level of discipline. And I didn't get it. But David, what did I get wrong? I, I trusted them, not myself. He's crying now. For that, I regret. I've been in this business for 40 years. I did a bad job. I'm Look, not proud. You're not, not alone. Proud. You're not alone, 
Jim. Uh, Morgan Stanley today. Down- All right, so they're trying, they're trying to protect him now because he's, 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 he's quivering. He's crying, right? So they're trying to say, well, you're not the only one. So what did I do? Uh, messed that up. All right, let's go back to Kramer. Okay. Uh, I can't do what did I get wrong? I I trusted them, not myself. For that, I regret. I've been in this business for 40 years, and I did a bad job. I'm Look, not proud. You're not, not alone. Proud. You're not alone, Jim. Uh, Morgan Stanley today downgrades it for the first time ever uh, to equal weight, uh, target of 105. They call it thesis changing. What happened last I night? I think that's fair. I discussed this with my wife, Lisa, because this is all I talked about last night. And how disappointed I was, not in them, but myself. Uh, I think that's true. Was thesis changing? I did believe that there would be some discipline. I emphasized to them, actually, that I, I expected discipline. But I want to go back again. I made a mistake, and I was wrong. I trusted this management team, and that was ill-advised. And I own that. It, it happens. Um... I appreciate that. So he, you know, and they're trying to say, you're right, Jim, man. You weren't the only one. So last night, that's all I talked about with my wife. I could see him with his face in the pillow crying and his wife's rubbing his back. Jim, it's okay. It's okay. He must have lost a lot of money. But he was pounding the table on Facebook. And, you know, people will follow him on TV, do what he says after getting killed so many different times. And uh, he wants to kill himself. So Amazon on Thursday announced weaker than expected earnings and revenue for the third quarter and gave a disappointing fourth quarter sales forecast. The stock plummeted as much as 16% in pre-market trading. I think it did better later in the day. I mean, it was a big day in the market on Friday. The Dow was up 850 points, so I, I, I think it recovered. But Google also reported um, disappointing earnings. Their stock dropped significantly. You know, you know the market cap, which is the value of the stock outstanding, of Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Apple. These, these are the FANG stocks. These are the big tech stocks that drove the market. They've lost $2.5 trillion in market cap this year. It's incredible. And Mark Zuckerberg, he lost, Mark Zuckerberg lost $100 billion this year. $100 billion. Uh, that's got to hurt, even for Mark Zuckerberg, right? So he was worth $140 billion a year ago, September in 2021. He's worth $38 billion now. I wouldn't cry for Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, most of us would like the $38 billion, but, uh, you know, relatively speaking hard. So you got to keep an eye on technology. Uh, this is where a lot of the money has been made over the last uh, five or six years, and it's being lost quite rapidly. It's just a sign that the economy is in trouble. 10-year uh, Treasury bond, 4.02% back over 4% after dropping down to uh, uh, 3.8 or so recently. Interest rates are on their way up again, uh, as is oil prices. Um, uh, I came in today. I saw gasoline uh, four ninety, uh, three ninety. My local Wawa, 
390. It was down to 369 a week and a half ago. So we're seeing oil prices go back up. Even though uh, Joey is uh, destroying our strategic petroleum reserve by releasing 15 million barrels uh, just before the election. That's not to buy votes, right? No, no. Come on. Don't be so cynical, Lou. What's wrong with you? Uh, he forgave $10,000 in uh, student loan debt just last month. Oh, hadn't, that's not political. That wasn't done to buy votes, was it? Don't be so cynical. Politicians are not political. They don't do things for political gain. We got a lot, a lot to talk about politics. Obviously, it's a little over a week to the midterms. Uh, it ain't looking good for the Democrats. We'll talk about that later. Gold uh, stubbornly stuck uh, right around sixteen fifty. Silver is at nineteen twenty four. But is it? In the second hour, I'm going to talk about what the price of silver really is. If you want to buy any. 30 year fixed rate mortgage over seven percent, seven oh eight which is destroying the housing market. Now, the Fed, the Fed's raising rates this week again. They're going to raise rates in December. Where is the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage going? It doesn't really matter because nobody's getting one. <laughs> nobody's out there buying. You know, uh, first-time uh, applications for uh, mortgages are down like you know, 150% since last year. Uh, certainly, refinances are down. I think I'm going to go refinance my uh, 3% mortgage to 7 It's higher. Isn't that good? No, it's not good. 15-year is better, 6.36%. Uh, if you want a 15-year mortgage. Uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, Bitcoin, last I looked, was uh, 20800 Had an up week. Still down 60% for the year. The worst asset performance of all bad assets in the world. And again, we have the Fed meeting this week, which is really, really big. Uh Friday was the last day to buy I-bonds to lock in this incredible 9.62% interest rates for the next six months. Uh, I got a lot of panicked emails and even phone calls from listeners and and clients who were trying to buy them. Uh, Apparently, their website locked up the last few days. You had to buy them by Friday. And uh, a lot of people waited to the last minute. There was like a mad rush, which crashed the Treasury Direct website. You have to buy them at treasurydirect.gov. That's the only way to buy them. And uh, for many people, they were on for hours trying to do it. Now, the Treasury Direct website put out this statement. We are currently experiencing unprecedented requests for new accounts and purchases of I-bonds. Due to these volumes, we cannot guarantee customers will be able to complete a purchase by the October 28th deadline for the current rate. And this was a little bothersome, too. The Treasury Department warned it might not even be able to process the flood of orders it is receiving by the deadline. So you could have went on there on Thursday and bought your I-bonds, and they may not get processed in time for you to get the 9.62% rate. Uh, and now, uh, if you buy now, after the, the deadline, uh, or who knows if it's not processed, uh, you're going to get the 6.46 or 6.49, uh, which is what it's dropping to for the next six months. 6.48, 6.48. 
That's the new rate. Still pretty good. And I'm telling people who couldn't get, couldn't get through, I said, well, so do it for 6.42. I mean, it's still guaranteed money. You can't get a CD for 6.42. You can't get that rate on anything that's guaranteed. So it's still good. And that just goes to show you, if you if you wait to the last minute, especially when you're dealing with, with websites uh, and everybody's going to run to do it, you're going to be in trouble. Now, one of the negatives of this, the I-bonds is you're only allowed to buy $10,000 per year uh, per Social Security number. But if you bought them now, in January, you could buy the next 10000 You don't have to wait 12 months. You just have to can only buy 10000 in each calendar year. So if people bought 10000 you know, uh, they could buy another 10000 you know, right after the new year. I thought you had to wait 12 months, and I learned something on that. So, um, as I said earlier, due to political reasons, trying to get that stubborn gas price down, uh, Biden uh, started to release uh, energy from our strategic petroleum reserve. And uh, in a frighten, frighteningly, it's really rapidly destroying our energy protection. It's interesting. I did some research on a strategic uh, petroleum reserve. Uh, we have a storage, but there's four different places in, in, in the country where we keep it. I don't know any of these places. Bryan Mound, Big Hill, Bayou, Choctaw, and West Hackberry. I don't know where any of these places are. But so apparently, uh, this, this reserve holds 714 million barrels of crude oil, the largest strategic oil reserve in the world, when it's full. And it's held in these underground salt uh, domes, you know, these caverns underground. There's approximately 60 caverns raised, ranging inside from 6 to 37 million barrels in capacity. A typical cavern holds 10 million barrels and is cylindrical in shape with a diameter of 200 feet and a height of 2,500 feet. That's really interesting. I thought maybe it was above ground in storage tanks or something. It's, it's held underground. And um, the Biden administration has drawn down 180 million barrels of it so far. Purely to influence the price of oil for political reasons. That's not what it was designed for. It was designed for oil embargoes. It was designed for emergencies when we can't get energy, not to get the price down. And believe it or not, it's not that easy to refill it. Um, the oil that we're taking out now was bought at much lower prices. If we're going to refill it, we're going to be spending, what, $90 a barrel for it? And um, whether or not it's refilled is going to be a political decision. I mean, the Wall Street Journal is saying that, uh, that crude oil can go to $120 a barrel. And if it does that, it's going to cost $47 billion to replace oil that we're, we're, we're leaching out of it that we probably paid $30 for. It's crazy. And the crazy thing about it is they're shipping a lot of this to China. I mean, what are we, crazy? It makes no sense. So when Trump was president, he wanted to tap off, top off our strategic petroleum reserve when oil prices were in the high 20s. 
Congress didn't let them do it because they didn't want to spend the $3 billion. That $3 billion was going to come out of a bill uh, that had a lot of things in it that the Democrats wanted, and they didn't want to give up $3 billion for that. What a mistake that was. And here you got, you know, Saudi Arabia moving into the BRICS, cozying up to Russia, OPEC's lowering production. Uh, the Biden administration is, is making an enemy out of Saudi Arabia. The next thing they may do is stop trading oil and dollars, and there goes the, the petrodollar. Uh, and even worse, what if they do what they did in 1974? I remember it vividly. They just shut off oil exports to the United States. Well, good thing we have a strategic petroleum reserve to back us up. It's crazy. All right, crazy things going on. Let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Luce Katigman. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Brick Township has plenty to offer in November and December to celebrate this holiday season. Go grab all your Thanksgiving goodies at the Farmer's Market on Saturday, November 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Windward Beach Park. The annual tree lighting will take place on Wednesday, November 30th at 5.30 p.m. at Town Hall, located at 401 Chambers Bridge Road. Also join them for the menorah lighting on Monday, December 19th at 5.30 p.m. For more info, go to Brick Township Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless market train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate for help with any of your real estate needs as well as any information on a career in real estate call my brother mark skatigna at coldwell banker flanagan realty his number is 732-657-6200 that's 732-657-6200 mark skatigna coldwell banker flanagan realty give him a call you'll be happy you did I'm Luz Katigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to move forward. Fortitude Advisory Group. 
Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, if you miss any of our program, absolutely no problem. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com where on our website we have the podcast of the show. It's up right after the show is over. Uh, so many of you are so used to listening to us 9 to 11 on the AM side all those years. Uh, and that's your traditional time to listen. And so many of you, it's amazing. I watched, I, I could see the, the counter. Uh, and between 9 and 11, it just blows up because all of you who used to listen at that time still do. You just go to the podcast and you go to the radio tab and you listen to the most recent program and you can listen to it uh, at your leisure. Uh, that's the com. I, I love all of you who get up early and um, listen to it live. I get your emails, you know, that you set your alarm. Some of you uh, get up, make your coffee, and, and listen to the program. That's great. Uh, we love live listeners, of course. But uh, uh, certainly, if we don't want you to miss any of the programs. So go to the com. go to the radio tab, and um, listen to the podcast at your leisure. And you don't have to listen to it all at once. You don't have to listen to two hours all at once. You can listen to it in pieces. You can skip through the breaks, uh, which makes it even faster uh, to listen to. I listen to the show on Sunday night. Uh, I like to listen to it and critique myself. And by then, I, I've kind of – hours have gone by since I did it. So I listen to it as a listener would. Uh, and I skip through the breaks and all that. So it's uh, – it's a, it's a nice way to listen to it on the podcast, thefinancialphysician.com. And share it. Put it on your social media. Email it, the link to uh, friends and family you think you benefit by it. Because you're going to learn a lot on this program. If you're new to this program, we talk about things that you're not going to hear elsewhere. And we do it. Uh, we call it straightforward, no-nonsense financial and political commentary. And uh, we, don't, we don't spin things here. We tell it like it is. We have facts backing up almost anything that we talk about here on The Financial Physician. Uh, love your emails, Lou at TheFinancialPhysician.com, Lou at TheFinancialPhysician.com. you got a personal finance question that I could help you with, a comment on the program, uh, something you want me to cover. Love your emails. I do respond uh, to almost everyone, as long as you're nice. I have a guy who listens to the show. And he's negative all the time. He always challenges me on things, politically and whatnot. I'm a Putin puppet because I think we should have peace talks. Oh, you guys sent me an email this week. He goes, because I, I, I asked him, why do you listen if you disagree with me? He goes, someone's got to fact check you. <laughs> he goes, I'm more conservative than you are because y- 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 by you wanting peace talks, you're joining the 30 AOC squad and doing it. You see what happened this week? They sent a letter, These the, the, the squad, right, 30 of them. 30 Congress people, uh, sent, including AOC and everything, sent a letter to the Biden, uh, pre- uh, the White House saying that we should uh, start peace negotiations, that we're heading down the road to nuclear war. So because I agree with that, I believe that we should do everything we can to avoid thermonuclear extinction uh, for the planet, uh, that I am somehow, uh, he said that since he's more conservative than me because I'm with them. Believe me, the last thing I, I, I agree with, this is the only thing I've ever agreed with, with AOC and her cohorts, is uh, maybe peace talks and negotiations may be a good thing to do. I don't know. Isn't that the way most wars end through some kind of a negotiation? I guess that makes me a Putin puppet, as they call me. So I love your emails for the most part, uh, Lou at the financial physician, uh, dot com. So as I've been mentioning in the opening, you know, things haven't looked this bad for the U.S. economy since the last Great Recession in 2008. 
We're in the midst of the worst inflation crisis um, in decades. Oh, but um, Nancy Pelosi, which we have more to talk about the Pelosi's later on in the program. They've been in the news uh, lately. She says that, well, it's not really inflation we have to worry about. That getting out the vote. Everything else is a conversation compared to that. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you have to have inspiration. You can't run on empty. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard them there, we have to change that subject. The fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. <laughs> are these people insane? Yes, they are, Lou. Do you realize that the country is being run by lunatics? Lunatics! And in many cases, senile lunatics. Of which she's one of them. Think about the top three people run in the United States government. The hierarchy. Number one, President Biden. Enough said there. Well, he said this week, what did he say the other day? You know, in 2018, uh, he went to 54 states, you know, campaigning. <laughs> 54. I think Obama said 57 at one point, too. Um, but that's, that's the least of, of Biden's problems. Um, but, you know, Biden came out this week, and he had something to say about inflation. Uh, you just got to change the brand of um, raisin brand you buy. By the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices is not the price of beef and eggs, etc. They're up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, raisin bran, which you're going to see them buying other raisin bran, which would be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is there is real movement. All right. So uh, I'm sure Kellogg's was very happy about that. (laughs) Don't buy it. Uh, it has nothing to do. It's packaged goods. Oh, it's not eggs that are up a hundred and something percent. These between the, him and Pelosi, I mean, who's going to get the Nobel Prize for economics? Uh, I don't know. They're they're pretty smart on inflation. Um, and then we have Kamala Harris. Uh, I mean, what does she do to earn her money? I, I don't even know. I mean, I remember Mike Pence. He was, what, the head of the pandemic uh, council, involved in something every day. Uh, Trump discussed a lot of things with him, although Pence stabbed him in the back at the end. That's another story. Uh, But what does she do? I mean, you go five, six, seven days without even seeing her. What does she do? But when they do take her out, she is... um, Full of knowledge and just a great speaker. Um, Really good at making salad, they say. (laughs) Word salad. This week it was announced that uh, we saw a record drop in uh, test scores for math and and reading for children in American schools. No kidding. Uh, It was the result of the lockdowns where kids didn't go to school. And now, of course, when they do go to school, are they taught mathematics and reading? No, they're taught about gender bending, and they're taught about CRT, race theory, how we're all racist, and everything else. But we saw a record drop in math scores in nearly every state. I mean, these statistics are ridiculous. 
26% of eighth graders were proficient in math. 26%. That's down from 34% before the pandemic, and that was atrocious. How could 34% of Americans in school in eighth grade be proficient in math? Because they're not being taught math. They're being taught all this crazy radical stuff. That's why. In fourth grade, they fared slightly better. Declines in 41 states. Just 36% of fourth graders were proficient in math. Down from 41%. So as kids get older, they become less proficient in math and, and, and so forth. So uh, what is uh, the second person in power in the free world think about what, what's going on in schools? Here's the thing. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just there's something about the, and, and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow school bus, right? And it's part of, it's part of our, our experience growing up. It's part of, a, you know, a nostalgia and a memory of, of the excitement and joy of going to school to be with your favorite teacher, to be with your best friends, and to learn. To learn what <laughs> is my question? Because you ain't learning math, and you ain't learning reading. But the yellow school buses. So, you know, that's what the administration has to say after this news comes out two days prior about the decline in education of American students. And she's got a gush about the electric. And by the way, that's why she was there. It's an electric school bus. Because you know what? She went on to say further in that, when you, you want to call it a speech, uh, the kids, you know, the exhaust from the school bus, you know, is making kids sick. So you need an electric school bus. Uh, I think she was on a small school bus when she went to school, but we'll see. All right, back to the economy. <laughs> took a little, took a little side trip. <laughs> the bottom line is we don't have leadership in this country that's going to do anything to improve anything. Back to the economy. The second largest auto lender in the United States just announced that it saw charge-offs for retail auto loans quadruple in the third quarter. 400% increase in delinquencies. A charge-off is a write-off. I mean, they're just saying, we're not getting the money. We're going to have to repossess this vehicle. A 400% increase in the third quarter. Oh, but the GDP was up 2.6%, right? Uh, As I've been mentioning, um, that cargo traffic at the Port of Los Angeles um, just declined to the lowest level that we've seen since the early days of the pandemic. Why? Because we're not importing anything right now. Because we can't sell it. One recent survey discovered that 98% of corporate CEOs believe a recession is coming. And they're behaving accordingly. They're canceling orders. They're they're starting to lay people off. As I mentioned earlier, major retailers like uh, Target and Walmart have been canceling billions of dollars in orders. As they try to cut back inventory levels because people aren't buying it. I've never seen... Our largest retailers um, cancel so many orders prior to the holiday season. It just never happened before. Are they expecting the next couple of months to be a total bust? I think it's going to be a horrible, horrible holiday season uh, as far as sales go. 
one of the good things is because of all this inventory, retailers are going to be cutting prices. So you're going to see some 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 buys there, but the people have any money left to buy a new TV, even if it's discounted. I don't know. I mean, you look at one of these things, and it's pretty concerning, but you add all of them together, it tells you where the economy's going. Existing home sales just fell to a 10-year low. Well, of course it did. U.S. home builder sentiment has declined for 10 months in a row. That's a brand new record. Never happened before. Of course, interest rates are seven up, over 7% for mortgages. 60,000 real estate deals were called off in the month of September alone. I was pretty stunned when I saw that number. 60,000. All over the country, uh, buyers that, that agreed to pay uh, too much uh, are trying to get out because they know that with these mortgage rates, uh, they can't afford to stay to, to buy these homes. And this statistic is stunning. Mortgage demand has plunged to the lowest level in 25 years. They were never even this bad during the, the downturn in 2008, 2009. I think that's a troubling sign. Isn't it amazing in one year? Not even one year. It's been like eight months. The housing market went from so robust. People are paying tens of thousands over the asking price. So just months ahead, mortgage demand lowest in 25 years. 60,000 deals canceled. Prices coming down by sellers. The chief economist uh, at Pantheon uh, Macroeconomics is projecting home prices could fall 20% over the next year. How many people are going to be underwater on their mortgages again? Where they're going to owe more on their mortgage than their house is worth? What happens when that happens? They walk away. They stop paying their mortgage. And did that lead to the the big crisis uh, in 2008? The core consumer price index has just surged to the highest level since 1982. Our standard of living is being eviscerated every day. Um, Bloomberg came out uh, a week or so ago saying there's a 100% chance of a recession. In the next 12 months. 12 months. What are you talking about? We're there now. Um, so we have a perfect storm right now. And um, we really haven't seen the crescendo yet. You know, as Americans prepared for what's coming, I don't know. We've piled up the biggest debt in history. Not only here, worldwide. I mean, this is a worldwide problem. You got over $300 trillion in debt with interest rates going up. That's not a really good mix. Um, we just have imbeciles running the world right now, making all the wrong decisions. Um. And it's their fault, whether the leaders are in the Federal Reserve, whether in the United States government, the European government. Their decisions are, are destroying us in so many different ways. We're now facing a war with Russia. Nobody wants to talk a negotiation. Oh, by the way, I was telling you that um, 
the 30 congresswomen led by AOC and, and, and her squad who sent a letter to Biden requesting uh, negotiations and let's try to avoid thermonuclear war. The next day, they had to retract it. They retracted it because you can't talk peace. Are you kidding me? You can't talk peace with Russia. The country with the most nuclear weapons in the world. You can't negotiate with them. And boy, I wonder what happened to them where they backed down within 24 hours. Who got a hold of them? Was it the Democratic Party, the party of peaceniks? Right? Make love, not war. Wasn't that, wasn't that the saying? How about a peace sign? How about somebody go out and dig out their peace signs from the 1960s? Isn't that what we need right now? No, we don't have anybody on the Republican side or the Democratic side that wants to talk peace. What is that about? I don't know. Unbelievable. So again, a recent survey, two-thirds of Americans, sixty, almost 63% of Americans say today that they, they're operating paycheck to paycheck. At the same time, you have uh, inflation raging. So if you're, if you're paycheck to paycheck and everything goes up 10% next year, you got to cut out 10% of what you buy or you got to go 10% more in debt. That's the only equation that works, right? Uh, if everything costs 10% more and you don't have any more money, you're going to buy 10% less stuff. And since the consumer is 70% of the economy, well, you could see how that would affect the economy, right? And then uh, you add to it this um, diesel fuel crisis. We have 23 days worth of diesel fuel stockpiled in the United States right now. And the worst crisis is in the southeast and the east coast here. So a company keeps track of these supplies and delivers these through tankers across the country. Um, have uh, moved uh, to alert level four. And they moved the southeast to code red, requesting 72-hour notice for deliveries when possible to ensure fuel and freight can be secured at an economic price. The trucking firm has a fleet of tankers that delivers refined fuel products to more than 8,000 customers worldwide. Mansfield uh, said in many areas of the East Coast, diesel fuel prices are 30 to 80 cents higher than the posted market average because of supply being tight. At times, carriers are having to visit multiple terminals to find supply, which delays deliveries and strains local trucking capacity. All right, so this is a big deliverer of diesel fuel. Everything runs on diesel fuel in the country as far as commerce goes, whether it's trains, trucks, and everything. So what happens if you don't have diesel fuel? How does food make its way to the store? Yeah, we, we could do without TVs in Walmart, but can you deal without food in your local groceries? This is very, really serious stuff. Unreal. Uh, so 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and what happens to these people? 
if they suddenly lose their paycheck, right? If you're paycheck to paycheck and the paycheck disappears, what happens to you, <laughs> right? Uh, nothing good. Uh, you stop paying your mortgages, you stop paying your car payments, you stop paying your credit card payments. And that leads to an economic uh, catastrophe. So it's not looking good, people. I hate to bring in this negative economic news. But the GDP was up 2.6% according to uh, the government. Everything's great. What did, what did Biden say? The, the, the economy is great as hell. <laughs> yeah, maybe for him. Uh, let's take a break. Top of the hour. 732-237-9626 is our call number. Maybe you have something you want to chime in here on this uh, subject. My name is Lou Skatigna. See you after the break. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome to hour two of our two-hour program. We get together every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., right here on the Jersey Shore at 92.7 WOBM. If you want to listen live, but you're out of our listening area, just go to thefinancialphysician.com and click on the Listen Live button on the radio page, and you can get the stream of the show. And if you're just waking up now or just getting out of church or going into church and uh, you miss part of the program, just go to thefinancialphysician.com and listen to the podcast. Uh, so many of you listen to the podcast. It grows each and every week. I'm stunned by how many people actually listen to the podcast. Um, not only here in New Jersey, but all around the country, even in, I think we have 10 foreign countries where people download the show. Uh, and uh, we're building quite the, quite the audience in Ukraine. <laughs> I think last week was 80 downloads we get in Ukraine. We have some African countries that love the show, and Angola, big, big fans in Angola, uh, Australia, uh, India, we have a few there. And uh, uh, like I said, I get a kick out of that. So we have a lot of people listening to The Financial Physician on the podcast. Uh, we're the number one um, financial podcast on Podomatic uh, each and every week uh, and uh, one of the top podcasts in any category. Category, uh, at Podomatic and they have hundreds of thousands of podcasts. So a lot of you are listening and I appreciate you sharing it, put it on social media, email it to friends uh, so we can continue to grow the program. Also on the website is uh, the ability you can get uh, a free copy of my book, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health. Uh, wrote it and uh, it came public uh, in 2010 it was published uh, but it's still pertinent today it's very basic it's a great book for certainly for a young couple just getting married and just starting their financial life how not to get in trouble how not to do the wrong things how to buy a house properly how to manage your car purchases how retirement plans work and estate planning investing and all that kind of stuff very easy to read uh, and free of charge 
at thefinancialphysician.com. Just give us your email. We'll send you the link, and uh, you'll get the PDF of the book. Also, anybody want a hard copy? Maybe you don't have a computer. You're not good that way, but you want to have a hard copy. I got plenty of them, and I'd be more than happy to send you a hard copy, autographed, uh, free of charge. I'll pay the the shipping to get it to you. I I don't want these books sitting in my warehouse. I want to get them out, Uh, and I'm willing to give them away free because I think it could do a lot of good for people. Um, So just go to thefinancialphysician.com, download the book. and if you give us your email, which you have to do to get the book, uh, we're going to notify you every time we put something out on the, the website, the, the videos. You know, I videotape this program, so I put snippets on um, on uh, uh, a video of the show. If you want to see, you want to put the face with the voice, uh, you can watch the show, actually, at least the opening. I usually do the, the monologue in the beginning. So our opening monologue on the economy um, and uh, the GDP and inflation and all, uh, you could watch it at thefinancialphysician.com. It usually comes up midweek or so, so, something like that. But we'll inform you. You'll get an email from us. Hey, you know, the Potomatic, the, uh, after the show is up on Potomatic, we send an email out with the link. So you just click on it. It's very, very easy. Uh, so give us your email. We're not going to bother you. We're just going to inform you when, when we make a change or a blog post or something like that at thefinancialphysician.com. And uh, if you want to be part of our program, you got a question or a comment, 732-237-9626. Paul, that first hour went so quick, I can't even believe it. Uh, the first hour is just a blur sometimes. There's just so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about and, and, and so little time. I mean, there's no way I, you know, I ever get to half of this stuff. And meanwhile, I'm a maniac to the last minute printing stuff out and everything else. So anyway, let me tell you about it. I mentioned... Um, when I was talking about markets in the first hour, uh, that gold is sixteen fifty an ounce, uh, and silver was nineteen and change an ounce, and I said that those numbers really aren't right. Those are the futures prices. That's the spot price, what they call, and it's it's based on the paper market on the COMEX, and many people, myself included, believe that the COMEX manipulates the prices of metals because the Federal Reserve don't want gold and silver going up. Uh, because that's indicative of hyperinflation, of a uh, currency crisis and everything else, and they can't keep printing money if the canary in the coal mine, which has always been gold and silver, starts flying. So they do everything they can to prevent that. But if you go and you try to actually buy a one-ounce gold coin or a one-ounce silver coin, well, the prices are much higher than the spot price. And it's only in the gold and silver market that you see that because the the futures market is a derivative market, which means it derives its value by the value of the underlying commodity, which is real gold and silver, physical stuff. But not with gold and silver. It's the futures market that determines the price, the paper market where no metal changes hands or or that's starting to change. But whereas if you go and actually buy, try to buy a coin, if you could find any, what you're going to pay. So I've been looking at all, I've been watching a lot of videos from silver and gold uh, analysts out there that I've been following for a very long time and dealers, and they're all saying the same thing. They can't get silver, especially. Even gold is short supply. But it's impossible for many dealers to get and source product. And if you're a dealer and you can't buy wholesale coins, how do you sell them? Right? And dealers are saying, you go to some of the big websites online, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. 
they'll take your order, but and they'll lock in a price, but you may not see it for two months. The mints can't keep up with demand, and their demand is skyrocketing. People see what's happening in the world. They see what's happening with inflation. They see what's happened geopolitically. They see, at least smart people in the United States, see that the United States world reserve currency, the dollar, is being chipped away at every day. Well, you got these BRIC countries coming together and forming their own economic union with Russia, China, India, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, South American countries. One after one after one is joining in this new economic alliance to the detriment of the West. And this is a big story that very few people are talking about. Majority of the world population now is part of the BRICS union. And the thing that this BRICS group has that that the West doesn't have is precious metals backing their currency. Nobody knows how much China has. It's rumored it could be as much as 20,000 tons. Russia has no U.S. securities anymore, any treasuries. They have gold. And other countries as well. So the the talk is that uh, the world is going to be bifurcated into two different economic groups, the BRICS and the dying West. And in the West, we have fiat currencies backed by nothing. We have debt up the gazoo and increasing exponentially. And here you're going to have this union uh, between uh, the majority of the population of the world They're going to develop their own currency backed by commodities and silver and gold. So people, smart money here in the United States, see this happening. And they realize that the future of the U.S. dollar is in jeopardy. And they're trying to get out of it. And they're buying precious metals. That's why the the, the demand is so high worldwide. And you can't get any. And if you get it, you got to pay a, a, a substantial premium for it. So I called uh, my local coin dealer that I deal with, um, and uh, I've never mentioned their name before, but I'm going to mention it now. It's Ed's Elegant Coins in Wall Township on Route 35. This is the guy that I've dealt with and I, I recommend. All right, he's always been fair with me. I've sent a lot of clients, a lot of listeners uh, who ask me, you know, where should I go? I give you this guy's name and, and number. Uh, he's on Route 35 in Wall. And I called him up. I said, Ed, um uh, I'm thinking about buying some uh, silver American Eagles. Do you have any in stock? He said, yes, I do. I said, do you have a substantial amount? Because I want to buy a lot. Do you have over 500 ounces? He goes, yeah. I go, how do you have all this when, you know, all these big places don't? He says, well, I, I, I sourced it a while ago, and I saw this coming, basically, and I put a lot into inventory. So I said, how much does it cost for a one-ounce American Eagle silver coin? He said $39. $39. Well, I just told you that the price of silver was 19 At least the spot price is. No, it's not. The real price of silver is $39 because that's what you got to pay to buy it. But if you go to any financial news or, or a website or everything, the price of silver is $19 and change. 
And by the way, it was down like 40 or 50 cents on Friday or Thursday, right? How can it be down from 40 or 50 cents when you can't buy any <laughs> for less than 39 if you could find it? When I was in economics class in college, I remember uh, economics 101, right? Demand goes up, supply goes down. What happens to the price? It goes up. Not unless you're on a COMEX where it goes down. So what is the price of silver? It's $39 if you can buy it anywhere. Uh, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to swap out some gold coins for silver coins. I wanted to buy silver because I think silver is so cheap and it, it's going to go up as a percent, much more than gold will be. And, uh, you know, I've been pretty much 90% gold. I wanted, I wanted to increase my silver. So I said, you know, I, I, I want to sell 15 ounces of gold and I want to buy silver with it. I said, well, what you, what will you give me for my gold? Now, the price of gold at the time on the spot market was $1,650. He said, I'll give you $100 over the spot price. So he gave me $1,750. So what's the price of gold? That's the wholesale he's willing to buy it for me. What's he selling it for? Probably closer to $2,000. And many dealers uh, on the internet I was looking uh, are paying $11, $12 over spot for you to sell them American Eagles. Silver coins. So even though the COMEX says it's 19, they're willing to pay you 30 if you want to sell it to them because they're going to sell it at 39. So what's the price of silver? Is it 19 or is it 30 or is it 39? So I went to his um, his place of business on Route 35. I talked to Ed. Ed was in there. Ed's been doing this a long time. He's really smart about the coin business. Uh, and I've I've known Ed for at least a decade, um, uh, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I said, Ed, hey, how you doing? He goes, I go, how's business? He goes, phenomenal. I go, really? He goes, it's just amazing. And he was telling me about. It. He goes, he goes, yeah. Recently, I just had somebody in here that wanted a million five hundred thousand dollars worth of metal. I said, really? I go, and he goes, yeah. And shortly before that, I had a two million dollar order. I go, really? I go, well, what do you attribute this to? He goes, smart money out there. People, rich people understand what's happening. And they want they want protection. They want money that has held its value for thousands of years. And, 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 and they're coming in and they're buying. And that's got to tell you something. Some of the dealers I follow around the country are getting $50 million orders are getting billion-dollar orders. And it's extremely difficult for them to fill these orders because there's just no supply. So when this thing finally takes off, it's going to be huge. And if you've been thinking about buying metals, coins, whether they're gold or silver, you should think about doing it now. I mean, never before have we seen pre premiums this high. I mean, the premiums in silver are usually 25%. The premiums in gold are usually 5 6%. And now in silver, we have a premium of 100%. Dealers have never seen this before. And it's not like the dealers are, are, are screwing the buyers. That's what they're getting wholesale when they're buying it. They're paying way over spot. If they can get, if they can get it, that's the thing. 
And some of the people I follow, analysts in the metals world, say, uh, soon they're going to be calling gold and silver unattainable. You can't attain it at any price. And if you think inflation is going to continue, if the printing of money is going to return, if you think that we're going to see uh, the dollar lose its reserve status, if you're concerned about financial instability, if you're concerned about geopolitical instability, then uh, precious metals is usually the place people want to go. So, um, I mean, Ed's not a sponsor of the program, at least not yet. But I'm just saying is that I, people ask me and I get emails all the time or phone calls, Lou, where should I go? I, I want to save myself a lot of aggravation. Just give it to you. Right. And I'm doing this, you know, uh, without compensation. Um, so you want to find out about availability or, or the prices on, on how you do this. Uh, Ed's Elegant Coins, Route 35 in Wall Township. Just Google him. And uh, I've sent a lot of people to him, and I've never had a complaint. Everybody's really pleased with um, with Ed and, and, and the way he does business there. Uh, and again, uh, I think now more than ever it's important to, to protect ourselves in this. Inflation, and because of inflation... Uh, there's some positives that come out of inflation, and one of them is the extension of tax brackets. The IRS has announced that uh, significant increases in the threshold of income tax brackets. What does that mean? It means, like, in a certain bracket, say the lowest bracket, 10%, uh, the amount of income you could earn in that bracket has gone up before you go to the next bracket. Uh, And that's great for people for tax purposes. A lot of these tax things are, are indexed for inflation. Also, the standard deduction is growing, jumping about 7% for 2023. And, that, and that's pretty huge. And, and people don't understand tax brackets that much. Um, people, what tax bracket am I in? Well, what does that mean? I mean, there's different tax brackets for different amounts of earnings. So if, if you earn, like, say you earn $98,000, well, you're in the 24% tax bracket on the amount over 95. That doesn't mean all your income jumps to that bracket. The first uh, 11000 if you're single, is 10%. The amount between 11000 and 44, almost 45000 is going to be 12%. The 22% brackets, the amount between 447 and 95300 so the brackets are, 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 you know, they're marginal. To be in the highest tax bracket, which is 37%, if you're single, you have to make $578,000. Over that, only the amount over that is 37%. So people don't really understand brackets. You have to, the more important thing is your effective tax rate. If you average everything out, what taxes am I paying? If I make a hundred grand and I pay twenty thousand in taxes, my t- effective tax bracket is twenty percent. But my marginal tax bracket may be twenty four percent, which means the tax I'm paying on the highest amount of income I earn. Now the standard deduction is the amount that you could deduct against your income without itemizing. And for twenty twenty three, that's going to go up significantly. It's going to go up nine hundred dollars for a single person. And $1,800 for a married person. So for a single filer, you're going to be able to deduct $13,850. And for um, a married filer, uh, it's going to be $27,700.
That's why a lot of people don't itemize anymore. That's why people say, is, is, is there any tax benefit for me getting a mortgage? No. Most likely not because the standard deduction is so high that you're not going to itemize. So all those things that we used to deduct, property taxes, charity, medical expenses, for many of us, we never get to that level. And if you're a senior, it's even better. If you're a senior and you're single, it's going to be 15000 in 2023, which means the first 15000 you earn, not counting Social Security, is tax-free. For many seniors, they're not going to have to file taxes anymore because their standard deduction wipes out all their taxable income. If you're a married senior over 65, it's going to be 30000 So that's a pretty good deal. And again, more and more seniors are not going to have to pay taxes because of that. Now, it's been a, it's been dreadful trying to get in touch with the IRS the last few years, especially during the pandemic. Um, and the IRS came out this past week and said it's going to get a lot easier because they are hiring, or they have hired, 4,000 more people to help pick up the phone and help you. And, and that's the thing. You're confused about your taxes, what to do, and you try to call up and you can't get through to anybody. How can you properly file your tax return? And uh, so they're going to they're gonna hire uh, 4,000 more. Uh, and supposedly they're all trained now. That's another thing, too. You know, you call them up and, you know, you talk to four different people, you get four different answers from the IRS. Uh, they're known for that. But in early March of this year, People tried to call the IRS almost 36 million times. And uh, IRS employees answered 2.7 million of those calls. So not even 10% of the 36 million people who tried to call the IRS got picked up. 7.4 million calls were routed to an automatic, uh, automated responses. And the rest, uh, 20 million, were left in limbo somewhere. So this is, this is a welcome thing. Uh, this is part of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, where they authorized uh, billions of dollars, $80 billion for the IRS. Most of that money is going to hire auditors to audit people. Uh, as I said, if you're a senior, good development on taxes. Uh, they're going to expand the tax brackets. They're also going to expand the standard deduction. Other benefits for seniors uh, due to the rise of inflation is, you know, I mentioned Social Security payments are going to rise 8.7% starting in January. Good news, I guess, although inflation is going to eat it all up, but at least we're getting that increase. Also, Medicare premiums are going to decline for the first time uh, uh, by about $5 per month. Usually when you have a, an increase in um the cost of living for Social Security, uh, Medicare eats into it. In this case, it, it's dropping by five bucks. Great development. Required minimum distributions next year may be lower. Why is that? Because the calculation for what you have to take out is based on the value of your investment account or your IRA account at the end of 2022. Now, many people have taken significant hits in their portfolio this year. And many seniors, you know, I've lost 20, 30, 40%. That's not a good thing. But the one benefit of it is the dollars they have to take out 
are based on a percent of the value of your IRA at the end of the year. So if the value of the IRA is down, the amount you have to take out is less. Another change due to inflation is retirement account contributions are rising significantly. If you uh, participate in a 401k or a 403b, one of those retirement plans, the amount uh, that you could put into it is rising to 22500 up from 20500 in 2022. That's a, you know, almost a 10% increase. That, that's, that's big. Now, most people don't max out their 401ks, but those of you who do, it's a good thing. If you contribute to an IRA account, the annual contribution limit's going to increase from 6000 to 6500 in 2023. And if you're uh, over the age of 50, add 1000 to that. So uh, if you're over age 50, you could do 6500 7500 6500 plus 1000 catch-up. So I guess there is some silver lining to uh, to inflation. Very little silver lining on inflation. All right, let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number here at The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Brick Township has plenty to offer in November and December to celebrate this holiday season. Go grab all your Thanksgiving goodies at the Farmer's Market on Saturday, November 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Windward Beach Park. The annual tree lighting will take place on Wednesday, November 30th at 5.30 p.m. at Town Hall, located at 401 Chambers Bridge Road. Also join them for the menorah lighting on Monday, December 19th at 5.30 p.m. For more info, go to Brick Township Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless market train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate for help with any of your real estate needs as well as any information on a career in real estate call my brother mark skatigna at coldwell banker flanagan realty his number is 732-657-6200 that's 732-657-6200 mark skatigna coldwell banker flanagan realty give him a call you'll be happy you did I'm Luz Katigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your 
financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or planning to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday mornings, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service through Fortitude Advisory Group. Call the Financial Physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, in the home stretch, the last 30 minutes of our program, The Financial Physician, where we talk money, markets, politics, and virtually anything that affects your life. My name is Luz Katigna, certified financial planner, tax accountant, political pundit, and uh, all-around good guy. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Financial Physician. If you just Touching base with us now. Maybe you're on a parkway tuning through the radio and stumbled upon our show, or you're just getting up, or you're just walking out of church, or going into church, and you miss any of the program. We talk uh, about a lot of stuff on this program in two hours, and it goes so fast. Uh, you don't want to miss any of it. Go to thefinancialphysician.com, where we have the podcast of the show. It's up right after the show is over, and you can listen to our entire two-hour show. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing it. Put it on social media, uh, whatever it takes to get it out there. Now, um, next uh, a week from Tuesday is the midterm elections, finally. Uh, it's not looking good for the Democrats, uh, and they're starting to panic out there. Hey, Paul, did you see uh, the Pennsylvania Senate debate this week? Well, it uh, was – was that what it was, a uh, debate? Yeah, it was a <laughs> debate. And uh, uh, Dr. Oz and uh, Fetterman uh, – uh, it had to be the worst debate in the history of debates, don't you think? It was certainly, yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't like to make fun of people who really have cognitive issues. I mean, you know, look, I feel bad for Joe Biden. I mean, the guy is obviously senile and, and uh, not up for being president of the United States. Uh, I feel bad for Fetterman, who had a stroke earlier this year, but he's not up for being a U.S. senator, one of the 100 people in our deliberative body that makes decisions for us. And, and he can't even hear, right? He has to have a, 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 you know, a monitor where they have to put a transcript because he can't hear right, you know? And I feel bad for, for Joe and for, for him, but these people shouldn't be running for a powerful office. And it was quite obvious, and I'm not going to play any of that debate. It's been played enough on, 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 on the media. But, you know, he stops up by saying, you know, hello, good evening. Uh, good night. You know, it's like it's it's lost. And then he and and the Democrats were freaking out after this that uh, this was bad. You know, you know, many of the Democrats around the country just aren't debating. Uh, they just can't because they have nothing to run on. So they're just avoiding debates. Uh, and they probably should have kept him in the basement uh, uh, longer than they did because uh, it's obvious to uh, even Democrats that this guy is not uh, prepared uh, to be senator of the United States. And uh, like I said, even, you know, certain media outlets that are, you know, never say anything negative against the Democrats uh, um, were freaking out over it and saying this is really, really bad, Uh, that the performance was painful. That's the word a lot of them used. Uh, And uh, and it was painful. I I saw it and uh, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, But uh, not the um, not the Philadelphia Inquirer, though. The Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, your opinion staff, gave its opinion of the debate. 
and they said the bait winner was Fetterman. <laughs> yeah, these people are so partisan and so insane to think that Fetterman won that debate. Uh, the guy's out to lunch. And for uh, the, the local Philadelphia newspaper to rate Fetterman the winner, it's beyond silly. It's as, it's as silly as the responses Fetterman gave during the event. And, of course, on Twitter, they got, they got hammered. Um, you know, he won't release his medical records. Uh, apparently, he's, his doctor, who said he's okay, is, is a contributor to his campaign, a big Democrat contributor, uh, and he got him to say it. Uh, so in response to not releasing his med- medical records or his fitness to serve, this was his quote. My doctoral believes that I am fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, even uh, MSNBC's Donnie Deutsch said, I'm really scared about a bloodbath in 10 days from now. Scared. Um, now, the problem is in Pennsylvania, I mean, the cheating has already started. Uh, and I don't know if there's going to be enough to make a difference here. Uh, if this guy Fetterman wins, you know, Ford was off off, off the, the charts. Uh, uh, there's no way this guy can win after that debate. But the problem is, over 600,000 early votes are already in. And 74% of those votes are Democrat. And I bet you there's a lot of Democrats, or at least moderate Democrats, that after seeing that debate would not vote for Fetterman, uh, but already voted because of their Democratic allegiance uh, before the debate. Uh, and that's a problem. And that's the problem with early voting. I mean, there used to be an election day. Now it's election month. Or even longer than that. And in Pennsylvania, you're not required to give an excuse to get a mail-in ballot. Uh, So a lot of people uh, already voted. Again, the the fraud has started already. Uh, This headline, crisis in Pennsylvania, 255,000 unverified new voters sent ballots. Pennsylvania Democratic officials sent out 255,000 ballots to people they could not verify, either by Social Security or driver's license numbers. These ballots should never have been sent out to voters. See how it works. There's mail-in votes, these absentee votes. And, of course, they're going to count them. Now, the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, came out two weeks ago, and said unverified uh, ballots that don't have verification or signed or dated properly cannot be counted. Well, the Democratic uh, Secretary of State in Pennsylvania came out this week and said, we're going to count. Basically gave the middle finger to the United States Supreme Court and says, "Eh, we're going to count. We make our own voter laws. She going to be arrested by U.S. Marshals? I I don't know. How about this? Ballots discovered preloaded inside drop boxes in Pennsylvania. So there's already votes in there when they put the box there. Loaded up already. And now what they're trying to do is keep people from... from, uh, A lot of Republicans are watching these boxes. If anybody saw 2,000 mules, you saw that these boxes were stuffed. 
And uh, so you can't watch them because that's voter intimidation, you see? So they're, they're, they're uh, dropping lawsuits against people watching these boxes as voter intimidation. Okay. Um, and then uh, the acting secretary of state came out for, for Pennsylvania and stated that uh, they're going to be a delay in counting. Uh, it could take days after Election Day to figure out who won these elections. Same old game plan that they always use. On election night, right, the Republicans will be winning by lots of votes. And then slowly, 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 more votes are found. More votes come in. Oh, mail-in votes got to be counted. Every last vote's got to count, right? You know, and they'll go and go and go until they get over the, the finish line. Now, I said before, the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, determined that um, – uh, Fetterman was the winner of the debate, uh, uh, but um, betting odds in uh, Las Vegas, uh, 82% of Pennsylvania voters declared Dr. Oz the winner of the debate. What, what did the other 18% of people watch? Uh, I mean, if 18% of people believe that Fetterman won that debate, um, I don't know what they were watching. Oh, God. So now we're going to have another thing where nobody's going to know who won. Oh, by uh, by the way, Hillary Clinton's uh, surfacing again. She's like, you know, the, the creature from <laughs> some lagoonic, just surface once in a while, you know, at the time. And she came out and, she, and what she was saying was that um, she was saying that uh, Republicans are getting ready to steal the election in 2024. I mean, you want to talk about projection, right? Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing-controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens... The 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislature. Her, the sound of her voice is kind of like nails on a chalkboard to me, really. Uh, so, all right, yeah, the, the, the Republicans are ready to steal it. She's talking about the right-wing controlled Supreme Court Uh and what she's talking about is legislatures having the right. By the way, according to the Constitution, legislatures, uh, state legislatures set campaign election laws and how things are done there. Uh, that wasn't followed in the last election. Uh, secretaries of state did everything else uh, there, but that was unconstitutional. But no court wanted to rule on that. And uh, and. Uh, so she's really setting the stage for the Republicans to steal. Republicans don't know how to steal elections. <laughs> you know, they don't. Uh, a lot of people ask me, Lou, how come the Republicans don't play this game too? Because I think Republicans, for the most part, don't believe that's right. You know, the, the, either you have an election and democracy wins out or not. It's, it seems like the Democrats don't feel that way. It's an end to a mean, you know, a means to an end. I mean, uh, all things are valid because they're, uh, you know, what they think is right. So it doesn't matter how we get there as long as we 
have the power, right? Uh, but talk about projection. Uh, unbelievable. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to uh, Greg and Brick. Greg, how are you? Hello, my friend. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better from your COVID. That's the last I spoke with you. But I just wanted to say, I told you, Democrats, they're sly, they're cunning, they're sneaks. Republicans are too dumb. They are not street smart. You've got to be street smart to beat these people. They don't know how to play in the mud. Is that a bad thing, though? I mean... Is that the way we want to go with our country where everybody cheats, everybody lies, everybody throws mud at each other, everybody everybody makes up stuff? Uh, first of all, we don't have the media behind us, okay? You need to have the media yeah. to propagate lies, all right? Otherwise, you're fact-checked, right? You know, but uh, the media can get away with it if you're Joe Biden or you're, you're a Democrat in any way. Uh, uh, so that's, uh, that's a problem. And, uh, you know, the majority of people in a recent poll said the mainstream media poses a major threat to democracy um and that that's 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 a significant thing uh uh and uh and and the media is the big problem obviously because they 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 don't they don't tell the truth then they'll run with lies they'll omit facts you know they'll do all that but uh you know the the, the republican has to win by by five to ten percent to overcome uh, the the cheating and and it's a shame, you know. It, that's not what democracy is about. I mean, you know, you should be able to have. Uh, I said we should have, uh, we should have election day, not election month, and it should be all counted on that day. Why is it that in the past we had no problem declaring who won an election on election night, right? And now the technology is so much better. You would think it would be easier to determine uh, who won on election night, you know, uh, but it's not. And that gives when you open up uh, the election to a week uh, of further counting and other ballot, you know, it, it just opens up uh, the fraud spigot. Now, now most countries, you know, have election day on Sundays. You know, why, where everybody's off, so why not have an election day on Sunday? Um, and it's not just here in the United States we we have to battle that conservative versus liberal. Today's an election in Brazil uh, for a president. Uh, the existing president running for re-election, uh, his name's Bolsonaro. He's the equivalent of Donald Trump in Brazil. Uh, and he's running against Lulu da Silva, who was the president between 2003 and 2010. He's part of the Workers' Party. And uh, recent decisions by the Superior Electoral Court have generated fear in all sections of the Brazilian press, especially the conservative media, where they can't criticize Lula da Silva's party. You can't call anything uh, corrupt or anything like that. You can go to jail. All right. So they're doing the same thing in Brazil uh, with the media and everybody is trying to censor any kind of uh, criticism of the the, the liberal uh, there, too. So, you know, it's something that's not just uh, in the United States. It's all over the place. And we see that the liberalism um, they feel is uh, you have a, a free pass on voter fraud and censorship and all that. So. But you're right. You're right. The Republicans don't know how to play the game. Yeah, that's a shame. But uh, enough said. You know, we're going to have this conversation in another week or so, and you'll see. It's, well, I think I, I think for sure there's going to be a huge red wave in the House. Um, 
it's pretty hard to meddle in 200 and something elections. Uh, it's the Senate elections uh, that uh, where the battleground will be because, you know, you could lose the House and, and still keep the Senate and uh, you have divided government. Uh, you still have the ability to uh, break filibusters and uh, control the courts and everything else. If they lose the, the, the Senate in addition to the House, it's, 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 it's uh, Armageddon for the Democrats. So they're going to do everything they can. Look what they're doing now to um, – Herschel Walker, right? Trying to defame him oh, yeah. and, and everything else. I mean, yeah. it's it's a full onslaught with the media and everything else. He's leading there. And if it's a free election, which it probably isn't because of Atlanta, though what they do there, uh, he would win. Um, uh, where's the charges of racism? Uh, no, no. If it's a Republican, it's not racism when you attack them, right? Uh, uh, so you have that going on. Uh, you got uh, uh, other things going on in other Senate. You're going to have to watch Ohio. You're going to have to watch um, what's going on in Arizona. Uh, uh, looks like Kelly's in trouble there. But again, you know, who knows what goes on in Phoenix? You know, uh, that game that's played there. Uh, so you can go on and on here. And uh, just keep in mind, too, that the race in Pennsylvania, that's already a Republican seat. So if Oz wins, he's just protecting a seat. If he loses, you know, the Democrats go up one there. Uh, so, you, you know, the Republicans would have to win at least two elsewhere. So it's it's going to be a battle there. We know how it plays out. Uh, uh, and it's it's going to be, be a tough row for the Senate. Although... Um, uh, in betting, uh, and the betting markets are pretty good to look at because that's where real money changes hands, not pundits in the media. Uh, they're saying that the Republicans are, are going to win the Senate. Uh, some are saying by as much as five seats, uh, but we'll see what happens. Again, if this was a free and fair election, uh, it would be no doubt in my mind that the Republicans would win big across the board. Another thing we're going to see is a down ballot uh, uh, voting, like for uh Board of Education for state legislatures and governors, uh, you know, we're going to see a big red wave there as well, too, which really uh, is important because a lot of what's going on in the country right now is at the grassroots level. What's happening in our schools are determined by Board of Educations uh, and parents now are starting to rise up and run and, and take over these boards. And, 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 and uh, a lot of us were, were, were uh, not uh, into politics, especially local. we were uh, pathetic that way. But now people are, are starting to become more involved because their kids are involved and so forth. So we're going to see a lot of that in this country. There is a turn coming uh, and uh, we'll just see how great it is and we'll see how much uh, uh, rigging and fraud goes on, which is going to be a lot of it. Now, I saw a video of Joe Biden yesterday voting. Um, again, election elections 10 days away, but he's voting now. Uh, oh, by the way, he had to show uh, an ID. There's a picture of him showing his ID. I don't know what ID he has. Uh, uh, maybe his Medicare card. Uh, yeah. Maybe his library card. I don't know what, what ID he has, but uh, I don't think he drives anymore. Although he was driving, what, a hot rod uh, the other day. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you're right, uh, Greg. Thanks for the call. Uh, there is uh, certainly issues, and uh, we'll have to see how they play out. And, you know, people email me and say, hello, what are you talking about? There's no voter for it. Come on. I mean, really? You know, you're not being you know, truthful. Well, I'm going to call It's not the politicians that scare me. It's the people that digest this diatribe and actually vote for them. It's the people that scare me. Well, you're right. You know, if there are enough people in this country 
are believing in some of these progressive policies, um, then our country is truly lost. I mean, en- enough to make a difference at the in who leads us, then you know the, the we're lost. Um, it, it is what it is. Uh, now, uh, and you know, of course. You know, Biden isn't called out for the things that he talks about. You know, he, he came out today. What was he in Philadelphia? He said, you know, when I was when I was uh, elected, um, uh, gas was five dollars. I mean, that's a lie. It was two thirty, you know, but he comes out and he says that he probably believes it. Um, and like I said, the um, the um, media doesn't call him out. And, and that's a big that's a big problem. Well, it's not allowed. But foreign media does. Thanks for the call. i got to jump correct. Uh, uh, foreign media does. And I like to play uh, Sky News in Australia. Uh, Rita Panani. She's great. And this is what people around the world think of our president. The U.S. president, the cognitively impaired Joe Biden, who has dodged serious questions from serious journalists, has decided to sit down for an interview with this character. Day 66, being a girl, and today I'm in nature. Trees, I love them. Water, lakes, I love them. Heels, they're my hiking heels. I love them. So this was that transgender person you met with last week that I played. Yes, that's the person, the leader of the free world, chose to interview him. Let's have a look at how it went. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Oh dear. Biden also sat down with the ultra-Democrat-friendly MSNBC in recent days, and he was asked a most predictable question, whether he would seek a second term. My intention to run again, and we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I, uh... (sighs) Things didn't improve when Joe hit the campaign trail. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, I'm thinking about the the Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll get to that in a second. He said, the right that I pushed hard and I finally got changed to marry couples in the privacy of their bedroom. And then he said, I'm talking about the Dobbs decision, but the Dobbs decision is about abortion, not marriage in bedrooms or otherwise. That man is so clearly unfit for office. How much longer are we going to pretend otherwise? So that's that's Sky News. I mean, that's Australia. That's what people think about uh, what's going on in our country. It's 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 sad and it's really scary. As I mentioned, the top three people that run our country, uh, from the president, the vice president, the yellow school bus, and uh, Pelosi. It's not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. Uh, that's what we got to worry about. Let's go to Lenny and Tom's River. Lenny, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Lou. I haven't talked to you in, since you changed your phone number. <laughs> um, listen, I think I might have an idea of who uh, the people were that thought Fetterman won the debate. Who is that? You know, I think they might be people that watch Herman Munster. 
That's a good one. Don't make fun of the cognitively challenged people. Oh, Listen, here's the thing. I'm a Vietnam vet. I don't know if you recall, but uh, I go all over the place and I speak to people because I like to see what the climate is out there. The news is garbage. We all, Everybody knows that. We're being ramrodded down slippery slope. It can't last forever if the elections don't do something this time, I think we're just about over. I tell people when I go out, I, I talk to people that are receptive, and they tell me now, most of them, that used to be sitting on the fence, a little bit pro-Democrat, they're all telling me how horrible it is. This is out on the road. I don't have to watch TV. It's all out on the road. ShopRite, uh, Walgreens, any local area where I go, and people are fed up with this, but the problem is, like we're all discussing, is you can't, the system is so corrupted, it almost, to me, it almost seems to me, and it's unfortunate, that it has to collapse upon itself and regroup. And I don't know how you do that. Of course, none of us do. But I think we're at a, uh, a watershed mark here where this election you know, it's, everybody knows it's tainted, uh, and everybody's predisposed to a position, and that's the saddest part, because that's not really democracy and, and independent thinking. So I don't know. You know, we're all talking maybe about the wrong things. You know, we're plugged in too much. Maybe we should be pulling ourselves out a little bit and thinking more ob objectively about everything that has happened in our lives the past year and a half or two years. I, Lenny, I, th I think people have. I, I think what's happened the last couple of years has really finally started motivating an a population who really just didn't pay much attention and weren't really uh, engaged in politics. Once you start messing with people's health, their their bodies with the vaccine mandates and, and their kids uh, uh, with the, the race theory and the gender stuff that's going on, uh, you know, that motivated people because it hits them right where they live. And people now, I see people in my practice that come up to me, Lou, what's going on with the, with the country? And, you know, <laughs> uh, and people are motivated to vote. And I think uh, you're going to see a mass out for me. You're going to see more people vote in this midterm election than ever before because people uh, are motivated. And I think a lot of mainstream Democrats are going to vote for the Republican. They see where their party's going, and uh, many of them are not happy with uh, well, what the radicals. What happens if they don't? Even if they do, but what happens if they don't? If they do, what this person has done, he, to me, he's unpatriotic. What he's done will take five years. Of correction. Well, at least we need some kind of correction at some point. Otherwise, we go off the cliff today. You know, so uh, against us. everything it, you got to start somewhere. I, I agree. But everything it's absurdity. When you look at the Supreme Court, they're like the three monkeys. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no Nothing. It's like everybody's quiet. Let's see what happens, Lenny. Let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Let's see. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I really do. Because I tell people this isn't my country. I just rent space here now as a Vietnam vet. I'm renting space. All right, Lenny. I got to jump. It's the end of the program. But but thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Stay well. Stay well. Oh, how about this one? New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez is under federal investigation, criminal investigation again. 
According to CNN, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York is conducting the investigation into Mendez. This guy has been investigated how many times? This guy is just, he's still a senator here. In 2017, uh, he was on trial for bribery, corruption, and now he's doing it again. He's, he can't help himself. And by the way, did you see the, the crowd for the uh, Zeldin rally last night with uh, DeSantis there? Crazy. All right, week and a half before the next election. We're going to have a lot to talk about the next couple of weeks. Just remember the website. If you missed any of this program, go to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. It's up right after the show is over. I love your emails, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My office number, if you want to come in for a no-obligation financial consultation, 732-905-8100, 732-905-8100. Remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far. See you next week.